Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ Sunday Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 2, Episode 255 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us as we continue our study with September the 7th to September the 13th, covering 3rd Nephi, chapters 1 to 7, Lift Up Your Head and Be of Good Cheer. And uh, we are going to continue with this section today. Uh, looking at um, the Lord strengthens his saints against spiritual danger. And this is covered in a number of the chapters. 3 Nephi chapter 2, 11 to 12, 3 Nephi 3, 1 to 16, and chapter 5, verses 24 to 26. So we'll dive straight in with 3 Nephi 2, 11. What is happening now is a number of years have passed, and the Galeantum robbers are gaining strength. Uh, and in verse 11 it says, And it came to pass in the thirteenth year there began to be wars and contentions throughout all the land. For the Galeantan robbers had become so numerous, and did slay so many of the people, and did lay waste to so many cities, and did spread so much death and carnage throughout the land, that it became expedient that all the people, both the Nephites and the Lamanites, should take up arms against them. Now, this is something which is unprecedented. Um, the people, both the Nephites and the Lamanites, joined together in physically uh, into one unit uh, and to fight against this common evil uh, that is spreading across the land. Um, they become united uh, and and one. And I think that this is quite significant uh, because, well, not simply just because of the fact that in over 600 years since, um, well, in around 600 years or just under 600 years since Nephi split from his brothers Laban and Lemuel, these two groups of people have not have not coexisted or not been united as one people before. Uh, and this is because of, again, this, this common um, danger, that, which is a real threat to their existence. Uh, and so, you know, I think that we can take a lot of meaning from this. You think about how we unite as a people, uh, as believers and non-believers of Christ in a, in a, in a common good cause, uh, then we can be, they can, we can do great things. Um, you know, this is a this where the day we live in is a time for unprecedented things, uh, and and so this is something that we can take into thought and think about how we can unite with those of our faith, but also those not of our faith, uh, depending on what the um, the discussion or debate is. Uh, it's something which we can try and try and find common ground on. Third Nephi, uh, chapter three. We then get a letter from the. Uh, chief leader of the uh, Gadianton robbers called Gideonhai. And he sends a letter to Laconius, who is, I believe now, the son of Laconius, uh, unless I've got my chapters mixed up, who was the previous uh, chief judge. But um, the way he writes is interesting because it is very subtle and it is very polite on the surface, uh, but there is a lot of malicious intent behind it. For example, in verse 2, at the beginning of the letter of the epistle, he says, Laconius, most noble and chief governor of the land, behold, I write this epistle to you and do give unto you exceedingly great praise because of your firmness and also the firmness of your people in maintaining that which ye suppose to be your right and liberty. Yea, ye do stand well as if you were supported by the hand of a God in the defense of your liberty and your property and your country or that which ye do call so. Close quote. I think in there, there is quite obviously uh, an intent to show politeness, an intent to show to show grace, um, but there is also on, on the undercurrent of it a clear uh, undercutting of what the people are standing for and believing for, or having belief in. 
Um, and it's interesting because uh, the Know Why 190 uh, from Book of Mormon Central asked the question, why was Gideon High so polite? I mean, you know, what was the purpose for writing in this manner? Uh, he did a number of things throughout this epistle which showed politeness, uh, including uh, the, the the previously mentioned epistles between uh, Moroni and Pahoran, uh, where they put the, you know, the... Oh, I'm trying to... He puts the name of Laconius first, basically putting himself Laconius before him. Uh, so, you know, these small details, which are from ancient customs, uh, are evidence in this letter as well. So it's clear that Gideonhai is trying to show a real polite manner in this, but um, it's clear that it has a deep uh, meaning behind it. The Noah goes on uh, to say that it may re uh, be linked to something called politeness theory. Um and I'll read this bit here. It says, quote, When analysed in light of groundbreaking politeness theory developed by Penelope Brown and Stephen C. Levinson, Gideon High's persuasive strategies and motivations are easier to identify and understand. Brown and Levinson have summarised, Central to our model is a highly abstract notion of face, which consists of two specific kinds of desires, face once, attributed by interactions to one another. The desire to be unimpeded in one's actions and the desire to be approved of this is the bare bones of a notion of face, which we argue is universal, close quote. The, the fact of the matter is, um, you know, when Nephi, when, when, sorry, Nephi, when Gadianhai sends this letter, he's doing it with this intent to look pleasant and appealing on the face value, but also, you know, he recognises this is a way to get what he, what he wants and he'll use any means necessary Um and of course, this letter was probably an open letter, it would have probably been read and heard by many people. And so on the record, this is. And so he wants to, again, try and enlist credit for honesty and credit for politeness and credit for being a gracious person, right? but uh, uh, trying to avoid being a, manip a manipulator and someone to be uh, fought against. Um, but of course, this does not quite work um, because obviously in, in verse 6, he is saying that, you know, that if if they want to give up their, their lands, then they'll join with them and unite with them and there won't need to be any, any war or bloodshed. Uh, but in verse 6, it's interesting that there's a quite cl quite clearly a focus that Gideon Haya has. He says, Therefore I write unto you, desiring that you would yield up unto this my people your cities, your lands, and your possessions, rather than that they should visit you with a sword and that destruction should come upon you. Um, I find that interesting because he's clearly focused on their material wealth and, and uh, possessions. John L. Sorensen said this, quote, the ambitious, the ambitious did not seek power for its sake alone. It was a means to earthier satisfactions. Gideonhai was at least as concerned with possessions and all our substance as he was with rights and rulership. The secret group under Gideonhai were successors and successors were robbers and plunderers who set their hearts upon their riches, close quote. And so Gideonhai clearly, you know, whilst he may be interested in in ruling and uh, eventually, you know, being the, the chief person in all the land, in this letter, he says he doesn't, he doesn't want to put these people into, into servitude. He just wants their lands and possessions. Now, of course, that may have been a way to eventually gain rule over everyone. But um, again, we have to be very careful that we, that we ourselves don't have this materialistic outview on life uh, because... It can certainly bring damage and detriment to our lives if we are focused on these things. 
um, and Gideonhai, as as linked to ancient custom by uh, mentioned by John W. Welch, who uh, noted that legal notices declaring war were, were the norm during these times. Um, he gave them until the morrow month, um, and then his armies would come down and not spend not stay, and he wouldn't stay his hand, and they would spare them not. Uh, so there is a a real threat for the Nephites and Lamanites at this time. Because obviously if they don't do this, then there's going to be a problem. They can either give up everything that they own or they don't. And they have untold numbers coming upon them to d- destroy them simply. Uh, and I think that whilst we are not in that position today, you know, we're not uh, being threatened by a band of robbers to give up, give up all, our, all our possessions soon or we're going to be killed and wiped off the face of the earth. We do have spiritual uh, marauders um, in the world around us. Satan, just like he is in this time, uh, as he prepares for the saviour to come to the Nephites, he is doing everything that he can to pull as many people down with him as he possibly can. The same is happening on a spiritual level today. Uh, And we need to be aware of this, that he does want our souls. He does want to serve over us or rule over us, I should say. And um, I think that um, this is uh, something which can be something to apply in our day to day. And so tomorrow what we'll do is we'll look at the response by Laconius and see what he does uh, to protect his people. So thank you very much for listening today. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Please do follow the Facebook group Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. And you can also email ldsstudysession at gmail.com if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode or if you'd like to be leave some feedback. Thank you very much for your time and until we meet again.